Welcome to our Birth Stories podcast brought to you by Informed Pregnancy Birth and Beyond. IPBB is a small pregnancy, birth and parenting peer support community organisation based in South East Hampshire. We run groups each month which bring people together and give them the opportunity to talk to other people who've been through the same life stage as they're approaching. In our experience of facilitating groups, nothing has quite the impact of hearing stories of pregnancy, birth and parenting from people who have been there before. In a culture where many people's frame of reference for what birth is like comes from scary news stories and dramatic soap opera births, listening to real stories of undramatic everyday births can significantly increase your confidence for your own birth. So as with our groups, this podcast is our contribution to the gentle revolution of telling the everyday birth stories. These are stories of people like you, and they're told unedited. Sometimes we'll add information that may help you understand the particular circumstances or challenges for the family concerned but always we let them tell their own story and how it felt for them. Please be aware if you've previously had a traumatic birth experience, there may be topics covered which you could find triggering. We've done our best to note anything that will be covered to help you make the decision as to whether each episode is okay for you, but please always take care of yourself. Welcome to episode 4A of our Birth Stories podcast. This episode will split, be split into two parts, and in this first half of the podcast, we'll be talking to Melissa about her pregnancy with her first baby. Topics covered include pregnancy during COVID lockdown, lifelong interest in pregnancy and birth, the effects of your own mother's experiences with and attitudes towards pregnancy and birth, researching options and planning for birth in a standalone midwife unit, late pregnancy midwife concerns over possible slowing of baby's growth, late pregnancy growth scans, challenging conversations with health professionals, gathering information and making decisions that feel right as an individual, pregnancy past 41 weeks, resisting pressure to choose induction of labour, standing up for yourself during unpleasant interactions with health professionals, Choosing to continue pregnancy past 42 weeks. Choosing monitoring rather than induction of labour. Support from a consultant midwife. And finally, the gentle beginnings blurring the end of pregnancy into the start of labour. Hi, thanks so much for joining us today, Melissa, and for sharing your birth story with us. Uh, can I ask you to just like introduce yourself? So yeah, so I'm Melissa and um, this was my first baby. Pregnancy started pretty, pretty textbook really, because all, all, it started quite straightforward. We went into the lockdown when I was eight weeks pregnant, pretty much the entire pregnancy. We were kind of like going through that whole kind of COVID thing. And that definitely, I think, change the kind of flavor <laughs> of, of things if you like um yeah. yeah yeah so found out we were pregnant pretty early on um yeah well pretty much as soon as you can um and <laughs> so <laughs> felt like I was pregnant for a very long time um <laughs> I think it always goes faster for other people than it does for <laughs> the best news doing the pregnancy bit <laughs> yeah <definitely. laughs> 
definitely yeah right uh so when you um started thinking about giving birth what were your sort of first thoughts about it what your expectations did you have any ideas that about what you wanted to do yeah so I I think I'd always had uh, like even before we started thinking about children I think I'd always had a, a, a bit of an idea in my mind that was kind of influenced probably by my mum's experiences and obviously then when I sort of then got pregnant I started kind of exploring that a bit more but my mum had and obviously I won't you know go into so much because that's that's her story but she had some experiences which were less than great and she had me sort of you know 33 years ago and experienced what you know we would understand now to be interventions without consent um and you know even going as far as to experience some kind of like obstetric violence really and she'd always been quite open about those experiences and I think it had all I'd always had this idea in my head of I don't want those things to happen to me mm -hmm. so I need to make sure that I'm as clued up as possible um to to make sure that I don't have those experiences yeah um but then the flip side to that is I've always grown up with my mum saying to me childbirth is a natural process it's something that people have always done it's nothing to worry about and I actually looking back now from the sort of perspective of being through it myself I think it was quite I'm quite kind of in awe of how balanced and, and kind of strong that was for her to be really positive about the process when she had had some kind of experiences which were really quite horrible I think um, and the other thing she'd always said to me was oh when you're in labour you just have to go with it you just have to let it happen to you don't fight it so I kind of had these messages in my mind and I think um, years back um, before I'd, I'd always, always as well I don't know where it came from but since I was tiny I was just like fascinated by pregnancy and babies don't know why I would say that it was kind of maybe becoming like a sibling but actually I think it went back before then just this absolute fascination um and you know I remember as a child kind of weirdly like sneaking kind of pregnancy books off the shelf at home and just reading them in fascination but like thinking it was a really weird thing to be interested in so I think it, I'd had like a lot of these thoughts kind of spinning around my head and even years before we thought about children I'd read somewhere about like hypnobirthing and thought oh, that sounds really cool like if I ever get pregnant that's something I need to look into yeah <clears throat> so when we got pregnant I, I had these ideas in mind of I need to make sure that I'm informed I want to kind of lean into this being sort of a natural process and I heard this thing about hypnobirthing once and that sounds pretty cool but aside from those kind of things I didn't really know where to go to get that information <laughs> Um, I didn't have any friends that had kind of used hypnobirthing um, or anything like that. Most of my friends who had had children by that point had had experiences where it was maybe a bit more medicalised, um, not necessarily through their choice but because of how things have gone. So I didn't, I didn't really have a frame of reference. I knew these things I wanted to do, but I didn't really know where to go for it. So I kind of did a little bit of 
you know, was kind of looking online and things like that. And I came across a couple of books to read, which were kind of an introduction to kind of, I think I had like the positive birth book and I had a hit the birthing book. Um, and I sort of read them really quickly, loved everything I was learning, was kind of really excited about all of that. And then me and my partner did like an online pre-recorded hypnobirthing course, really tricky sort of during the pandemic. Yeah, oh, nothing was. Yeah, so nothing's yeah. in person, you had to find something online. Yeah. Um, so, but we found that really helpful. The big thing in my mind, so my my mum, when, when she was giving birth to me, she was given pepidine. And it really caused quite a horrible experience for her, for me, as because I think they gave it to a bit too late and as a newborn. Right. And so it struggled a bit. Yeah. Um, and I'd kind of researched a lot about that um, as to why that might have been and found out about how, you know, pepidine is given sort of too late in the labour, then it can cause the baby to be drowsy. So I was kind of like, well, I've always, I'd always known I don't, I don't want any of that. Yeah. So, I knew that I knew, knew that was the cause, so I was kind of researching comfort measures, pain relief. I knew knew I didn't want any of that. And the more I read up about things like epidural, I was like, I'm, I'm not sure that's for me either. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm concerned for myself about what some of the side effects might be. Sure. So I quite quickly sort of decided that I wanted to experience a birth where I could have as little kind of medical measures as possible, um, which kind of learning about the hypnobirthing was amazing because obviously kind of learning about how I could make myself more comfortable through things like breathing and kind of movement and water and things like that. So I quite quickly decided that those were elements that I wanted with my birth. Obviously there was also kind of decisions to make about place of birth Sure. For a little while, I was kind of talking to my partner about, should, like, should we do a home birth? Should we, should we go for it? Should we do this? He wasn't convinced. After talking to him a lot about it, actually, and sort of sharing with him a lot of, sort of stories that I found and statistics and things like that, actually, he kind of like came around to the idea and sort of said, you know, if that's something that you want to do, um, then go for it. Um, but in the end, um, I decided... I didn't feel confident enough. I thought, I'm not, maybe each time, but I think we're not going to go for this time. So I opted, I wanted to go to the standalone uh, maternity unit at Portsmouth Maternity Centre at St Mary's. That that was my uh, sort of place of choice. And I was very keen that I, I wanted to have um, a birth pool. That was was really high on my priority list to the point if, if I went into labour and the birth pool wasn't available there, I was prepared to go up to the eight the alongside yeah wherever a birth pool was available <laughs> birth pool was available there sure. so that was a really high priority thing I was really clear I wanted to be able to move around freely and yeah so that, that was that was the plan that was your plan a <laughs> okay and uh, so as your pregnancy progressed how did things just keep going and be all perfect and everything start happening as expected or were there any later on bumps in your road there were a few little bumps in the road <laughs> so everything was going very very smoothly and I went for midwife appointment at about 36 weeks and I saw a different midwife my usual midwife and um, she was on holiday the midwife measured my bump and plotted it on my graph 
and sort of did a little wince, I don't know. <laughs> nervous twitch. Yeah, nervous twitch. She said, oh, and when she was measuring my bump, she said to me, oh, is this, she said, is this about where she usually measures it to you? And I was Ooh. like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you tell me. So she did a little nervous twitch. She says, your measurements have dropped. Okay. So based on, on the fact that it's dropped down sort of a couple of centiles from where I'm measuring it, um, I'm going to need to refer you um, immediately for a growth scan. Right. Okay. So I, uh, by this point, I'd kind of, I'd read up a lot about um, sizes of babies and measuring methods. Most of what I'd read, no, in fact, everything that I'd come across was about babies measuring big. Yeah. Definitely more information about that out there. Yeah, that, that was everything I'd read was about that. And I'd been measuring, my bump had been measuring on the 90th centile throughout pregnancy. Okay. So I was kind of like making sure I was clued off about big babies. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> everyone in my family is teeny tiny. And everyone in my, in my partner's family is like over six foot. Okay. Gigantic. Right. Um, so, and I'd always thought, oh my God, you know, I'm going to have this. <laughs> have a giant baby. baby. He was like <laughs> over 10 pounds when he was born and so all his sisters. So I had it in my head, I'm going to have this huge baby. Um, I need to be really clued up. And, and everything I came across was about big babies. Right. So when she kind of came up with it, it growth dropped off and measuring small, I, I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, big surprise but, for you. Yeah, big surprise. But what I did know was about how measurements can be not completely accurate. Mm-hmm. Like a it's all a bit of a guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and I kind of said to her, I said, oh, do you think it's worth maybe giving it a few days until my usual midwife's back and getting her to measure? Because I'm just a bit concerned that it's a different person doing the measuring. Mm. Um, and I wonder if, she measures whether it will come out yeah you know. mm. I didn't really get anywhere with that bit of a kind of blank yeah expression but and um she decided that the growth scan was needed so so yeah so then she went off I think she could tell that I was questioning it quite a bit yeah so she was like I'm gonna go and talk to somebody else I was like okay she came back and said no I've spoken to the person above me like I do need to book you in and I just there was something in me I was like I just don't feel comfortable with this but then then kind of my brain was going oh like you probably should I don't want to go again if two people have said that I need to do this that sounds quite important yeah yes it sounds like it's quite strong advice if two yeah. people are going to go on in on it together yeah yeah. Sure. And then she said to me, oh, and so with my, my 12 week and my 20 week scan, that was like the April and the June of the of 2020, so the first pandemic year. Yeah. So I went into my scans on my own and she said to me, oh, um, also there's a change with scans now. So you're allowed to have your partner with you. So it'd be a really nice opportunity for you to go to a scan together. <laughs> right. Okay. I was like, okay. So I kind of reluctantly agreed and at this point I wouldn't have been able to tell you at the time why I felt reluctant because my logical brain was saying two people have said this needs to happen yeah I should probably do this Mm. but there was something in me that's kind of not liking it yeah 
so anyway we went and oh and she was being very reassuring of like look they'll just get, they're just gonna scan they're probably gonna find that it's all fine and then you can go buy right yes so we ended up went, went for went for this scan which was a few days later and the hospital didn't seem to think it was quite as urgent as she, as she did yeah yeah because uh, she was sort of saying to me you're gonna have to go this afternoon you right know. but um, ended up going quite so urgent. Quite okay. so urgent. So we went for that scan, and the sonographer just said everything looks really healthy. You're sort of you know scanning on about the 50th centile. Yeah, all looks great. You just need to go and see the consultant uh, to find you up. Right. So went to the consultant, and at this point, um, although my partner was allowed in the scan with me, he wasn't allowed to come into. The consultant because of COVID regulations. COVID yeah. So I saw the consultant, and she then wanted to scan me again to look at blood flow. Okay. Which she was then happy with. Yeah. But she so, said um, so that was to do with the possibility of the baby's growth slowing and making sure yeah. that the centre was still working. Was it? Yes. She was looking at the blood flow into the brain. Okay. And I think. If I remember correctly, she was talking about, I can't remember the specifics, but basically if there was a change of blood flow into the brain, then that yeah. would indicate that, yeah, something was <clears throat> not quite right. But it was um, fine. But it was absolutely fine. Good. Absolutely fine. Um, so she said to me, well, everything looks okay today, but we, because you've never had a growth scan before, we can't say whether the growth is on track because we haven't got a like for like reference to compare it to. Right. Um, because we had, because the measurements before have been the bump measurements. So it's like, we can't compare, it's not like for like. So I'm going to need you to come back in two weeks time for another scan. Okay. And of course I've kind of, I've entered into this process now. <laughs> so, so I thought, right, okay then. I'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, okay. Just so, go with the procedure sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Why would you not? Why would you not? Um, so back I went two weeks later, and again, the sonographer was perfectly, like, everything looks great, tracked the growth. Yeah, the growth looks absolutely fine. You just need to go to the consultant and they'll find you off. Okay. So I went to see the consultant off I, off I trot, and she wasn't happy. She was saying... I think the overall growth seemed to be tracking, but there was one measurement that she wasn't completely happy with or something. Okay. And she was, and she didn't give me much context. She just went, mm, yeah, we're going to have to induce you before 40 weeks. Or, you know, if you've not gone into labor by 40 weeks, we're going to have to induce you. Right. And, oh my goodness, like, uh, in my brain, I was just like, this was the last thing I wanted. Yeah. Absolute last thing I wanted. And I didn't really know how to challenge it mm -hmm. but I also knew that I wasn't leaving that room agreeing to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I just kind of sat there and started asking loads of questions good <laughs> you, can't, you can't really know unless you ask can you so that's and the I way think, to go I'd like to say that I was trying to find out all the facts but I also think I was just stalling yeah um, <laughs> I could sense that I can I tend to get a bit stubborn about things Right. Um, and I, I, this was me digging my heels in, basically. Okay. <laughs> so I was asking her a lot of questions about, you know, what does this mean? What are the concerns? You know, hmm. why would we need to induce? What would happen if we didn't? Um, and to be honest, I can't really tell you what she said because it was so vague. Right. 
it was so vague you kind of throughout the kind of the placenta might fail and we'll have no warning that it's about to fail it will just fail and then your baby has no surprise I don't know if she says something worse than that I'm not gonna go there but not really helpful not really helpful and uh, me I just continue sitting there asking questions (laughs) so in the end she said look I shouldn't really do this I'll probably get in trouble for doing this but I'll book through two more scans okay and we'll see if anything changes Mm -hmm. I said yep okay happy with that right (laughs) she said if you do go into labor before then I don't want you going to Portsmouth Fraternity Centre I want you on labor ward. I just kind of let that one go at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's about for another day. <laughs> so I was victim for a doctor scan the following week and then a, a further growth scan at 40 weeks. Okay. So came back for the doctor scan. That was absolutely fine. Blood flow to the center was absolutely fine. No concerns whatsoever. And I saw a different consultant that week. And she, she, I felt she really listened to my concerns. And she asked me what my plan, my, my birth plan had been. And she seemed much more willing to work to see how we could achieve that. Mm. And I said to her, you know, it was mentioned to me that if I go into labour, that it might not be appropriate for me to be at course of paternity centre. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And she kind of thought for a moment. She said, look, I think I'd feel more comfortable if you came up to B8. Which is the labour ward. Um, the alongside yeah but that's fine we don't need you on labor ward right like right. you're more comfortable if you were nearby and I was like okay I can live with that that's fine mm-hmm. and she talked to me about the possibility of induction in a way I felt was a lot more considerate she really understood that it wasn't something I wanted to do but again like I was like, like asking what are the concerns and again it was coming back to this idea of if if the growth has slowed, then it might be because there's an issue with the centre and we don't know if or when that's going to fail. And I said, OK, that's that's fine. But like, where is the evidence that the growth is slowed? Yeah. Where is the evidence that there's something with the centre and they couldn't give it to me? Because mm. the scans were actually showing that the growth was going fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I also was kind of, I'd done a bit more research for this point and I was kind of saying like, you know how accurate are scans at this point in pregnancy and actually interestingly you know when I'd have on these scans you know the snuffle was like you know your baby's head is so far down in your pelvis at this point I can't actually get accurate measurements no yeah I can't see it all like it's not even fitting on the screen like, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we agreed that we were going to leave it into the 40 week scan and kind of go from there yeah um but I think I'd, I'd kind of said yeah like if there's an obvious slowdown in growth then you know, I want I want to make sure that I'm doing what's safe, but I need mm. to see that there's an obvious slowdown. So then I went back to the scan at 40 weeks. And once again, sonographer said that she was absolutely happy with the growth, went off and to see the consultant. And this was the consultant I'd been seeing previously. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit concerned when I realised it was going to be this consultant because I'd not had great experiences talking to this particular consultant. Mm-hmm. But she looked and she went, yeah, absolutely fine. We can sign you off. Oh, <laughs> and then she says, "So I was about, I was about forty plus two or three at this point." And she said to me, "Right, hop up on the bed, then I'll give you a sweep." Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And I just went, "Oh 
nice, thank you. <laughs> and she looked at me in absolute surprise, like, why yeah. not? And I was just like, oh no, I think I'm all right. Actually, I'll, I'll be off now. <laughs> I don't think my kind of like 40 week bump, I don't think I've ever walked faster out of anywhere. Oh, bless you. Off I trot back home. And I, so all of this, 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 this month from 36 to 40 weeks, having gone through a very straightforward pregnancy, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it had its ups and downs, but very typical pregnancy symptoms, having gone through a very, very, very straightforward. And so I finished work a lot earlier than I wanted to because of COVID and my employer, I was concerned about what I was being asked to do in the workplace. Right. And normally I'm quite assertive. Mm. This comes off again later. <laughs> um, but I think in pregnancy, I just, I didn't have the energy to fight it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just thought, early. So I've had sort of like three lovely weeks of kind of decorating the baby's room and mm. enjoying the sunshine. It's just really relaxing, having a lovely time. And then we went into this kind of month of just stress. Yes. Mm-hmm. which is really unpleasant so to kind of go away from there being like right you, you're discharged you can give birth when you want we're not going to stop you you know yeah mm-hmm. it was great and I was like right I can relax I can really start to like you know prepare myself for any day now brilliant and this would have been late October by this mm-hmm. point me and my partner we, we don't have any family locally so my parents as soon as kind of baby was on the way they were gonna drive down and they were gonna stay with us for a couple of weeks to help out so they were kind of ready at the other end of the phone nothing was happening (laughs) and then we kind of had it was it was kind of going into November of 2020 there started to be the rumors that there was going to be another yes another lockdown COVID lockdown so I was I was about 41 weeks at this point and we were like because obviously we were taking it so seriously. Mm. I'm talking to my parents, like, what's going to happen if we've gone into lockdown? Like, you're not going to be able to leave your home. You're not going to have to drive down, you know. So we kind of, and we felt like we were being really rebellious. We decided that they were going to move in. Okay. Um, so they kind of drove down in anticipation of this lockdown starting so that they weren't breaking any rules. They were going to move in with us before this lockdown came to, came to place. So they got down and I immediately I felt like oh, I can relax, you know, everything's yeah. really fine. They're here, everything's okay. And I was like 41 weeks and then went to my midwife appointment that week and she said, oh, I just, because you are now 41 weeks, I just need to get you to sign this consent form for induction if that's needed. Okay. Uh, she said, it doesn't mean you have to have an induction. It's just so that if that's something that needs to happen, that's something that you choose to go with, the paperwork's already done. But you don't, you can decline it. This doesn't mean you have to have it, but it's just so the paperwork's done. Just have a read of those three kind of points that you just need to be aware that there's a few risks. Uh, but just read it and sign it and put your phone number down. And I went, oh, okay. Worst <laughs> decision ever. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, it doesn't mean I have to do anything. And then she said, you know, you're 41 weeks now. Would you like me to see um, about having, a, if we can do a suite? And it's something that I've discussed with my partner at length, because 
I obviously I'd heard about people having sweets as a really commonplace thing. Mm-hmm. It's just you just go and have it down, like might get things going, nothing to worry about, pretty straightforward. But then a lot of the kind of reading and stuff that we've been doing was talking about reasons why people might choose not to do that. Mm-hmm. Which had really kind of got us, I, it really made me kind of think about um, a different side to this that I hadn't really considered. But <laughs> I think up until this point, I was kind of like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I got to this point, I was feeling big and uncomfortable and heavy. And I think this, having this form of induction slid in front of me, got my kind of alarm bells yeah. going, mm-hmm. right, I'm, whatever, let's, let's give this a go. Okay. And she wasn't able to do it because my service was just too close up at that point. So I went away from that appointment feeling a bit deflated. Yeah. And I think that kind of, yeah, the effect that had on me kind of psychologically, Mm -hmm. I hadn't really considered. But to come away from there going, and I'd kind of read about other people having that experience of being told, oh, nothing's really happening and and feeling quite deflated. But I don't know, I kind of thought, I kind of thought oh it won't affect me but I came away from there feeling like oh god I'm so big and uncomfortable and mm. nothing's happening <laughs> and then trying to tell myself like it doesn't mean anything like things can just start happening like that that's just a snapshot in time but I did feel quite like Ugh. <laughs> yeah and then kind of went into this week of desperately waiting for something to happen and nothing yeah. really happening Mm. I think by the time I kind of got back home and you know I was chilled out a bit and I was I was kind of feeling all right again so I think I'd gone for that midwife, midwife appointment on Wednesday and then on the Saturday morning I had a phone call and I answered and the person was like oh hi it's the induction midwife from QA just calling to book you in for your induction I was just like I, I, I'm sorry what <laughs> like yeah yeah yeah. just call him because you know you're you're overdue now and I was like no I'm sorry so I don't understand why you're calling me today I said um at that point I can't I think I was something like I was 40 plus eight or 10 or something or or I wasn't even at what I knew to be their trigger point for doing a induction for 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 day I was just thinking I don't understand like why you're calling me like this is no (laughs) And then she's going through her paperwork. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, got the dates wrong. We'll give you another call on Monday. Right. Okay, fine. <laughs> so then basically going into the next week, I was just getting end what felt like endless calls, a call every morning from the hospital to book me in for an induction. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, so I, I knew the whole way through my pregnancy that I wasn't, even going to consider induction for being so-called Mm -hmm. post-dates until I hit 42 weeks I wasn't even going to consider it and that was something I knew the whole way through Mm -hmm. so it was something else that I kind of read up on and I just yeah it was something I wasn't even going to consider until that point so the fact that I had you know these people calling me and I wasn't even anywhere near that and I was like that go away yeah (laughs) I had one midwife wake me up phoning me at about six o'clock in the morning oh, no. and I, I answered the phone like so groggy honestly six o'clock sounds like a dream now but um, <laughs> <laughs> um so phone, like so groggy like trying to get as much sleep as I could you know go like uncomfortable like and she's like oh I'm I'm so sorry it sounds like I've woken you up I'm just trying to get all my calls as early as possible 
goodness. Because obviously, I like I get it. Like they're so overworked, but oh dear, not the one. So they just kept calling me. I kept declining, and most of them were absolutely lovely about that and said, "Yep, yeah, that's absolutely fine. That's your choice. We just need to make sure that we've given you that offer." Mm-hmm. And then on the morning that I think I hit 42 weeks by the hospital date, because there wasn't much discrepancy in it, but they had me about three days ahead of where I believe myself to be. Yeah. And I know that sounds like such a small amount, but I was absolutely positive about when I'd conceived. Yeah. I'd been tracking my ovulation, tracking my cycle for months but then I've been tracking my cycle ovulation for years before that uh, like supporting my birth control mm. um and my contraception choices so I was really in tune with my body and I was I knew when I'd had sex I I knew yes exactly <laughs> my date and I was kind of thinking when I went when I actually went for my 12 weeks done and they said oh you know you're such and such and I kind of went to them and I went are you sure I don't think that's possible I hadn't actually um, had sex at that point that month <laughs> I don't think it's possible and they just looked at me like I was a crazy lady <laughs> not really and then just being questioned on these things <laughs> didn't crazy. say anything just wrote it down and was like I thought oh god I'll say something really embarrassing <laughs> but I kind of went through crazy thinking oh well three days didn't make much difference and of course when it got to the end it did start to make it did feel like it made a difference yeah so I got this phone call on the morning that I, I hit 42 weeks by hospital dates mm-hmm. and the induction midwife that called me that morning she's having a bad day or what was going on but it was a very unpleasant phone call right it was extremely unpleasant and she basically told me I needed to come in for induction and when I said that I wasn't going to she did begin to use what I would say were quite some quite coercive tactics mm-hmm. and really with a not very nice tone of voice telling me that I was at risk of my my placenta's gonna fail your baby's gonna die right. you've come this far why do you want to throw it all away kind of thing goodness um, it was horrendous mm. um also I'd done a covid swab in my midwife appointment because um she said look we're swabbing everybody so that when you go in it's done yeah and this midwife on the phone said to me and you're refusing a covid swab so I'm not refusing a covid swab I did one the other day mm. no you didn't I certainly did <laughs> I kind I, of noticed I my it. it was more yeah. unpleasant than the sweet <laughs> I wasn't that was the first one at that point I hadn't got used to them the yeah COVID test that is <laughs> you're, you're refusing a COVID test I said I absolutely am not I said she said we've got no record of you having a COVID test I said, well I'm sorry if you've lost it that's not down to me I said I'm happy to have another one done if that's what you require that's not a problem she said right you're gonna have to come up to QA this morning to have a COVID test I said I'm sorry I'm not I'm not driving up to QA I'm 42 weeks pregnant as you keep reminding me I'm not driving up to QA to have a COVID swab done the last one I had done was at the local midwife centre I'll go there they did it there before it's around the corner for me I'll go there well you're gonna have to phone them to arrange that yourself okay <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> um 
And I said to her at this point, because I, I was getting really anxious about Labour starting at this point now with the kind mm. of attitude that I was getting. And I said to her, could I, um, could I have another sweep arranged, please? You're going to have to phone them and arrange that yourself. Okay. okay so yes. Yeah. So it's all very unpleasant. I got off the phone feeling really shook up from that. Mm. And I'd been on there for quite a long time because it argued in my corner, which I think if I were ever in that situation again, I just wouldn't bother. It would just be a no thank you and I'm gonna yeah. hang up now. Yeah. Nice to speak to you kind of thing. Bye. I wouldn't mm. get into a discussion over it. So I literally came out of that feeling so stressed and didn't actually get anywhere no. um, so I then I phoned up uh, the local maternity centre and they, I reckon they must have heard how shit couples in my voice um, and asked if I could see somebody there that day which they arranged for me um, and I went in later that day and I saw one of the local community midwives who was just amazing so supportive really listened to me didn't seem really supportive of my choice to decline induction at that point you know mm. really supportive didn't question it really accepting and that was a much much more positive experience uh, managed to get my covid swab done <laughs> which they hopefully then didn't lose this time no uh, oh <laughs> well hmm. um <laughs> still there's more story to come and i think i asked yeah i asked for another sweep at that point as well and I okay. think at that point, um, yeah, my cervix was like about one centimetre open, but it wasn't really doing very much. But mm. I was like, okay, we might be getting some progress. Yeah. It's progress. So when I got home that evening, I was kind of having a little bit of kind of blood from, from the sweep, a little bit of discomfort, mm -hmm. some kind of period-like cramps. So I was getting really excited. Oh, it's going to happen. It's happening. It's happening. It wasn't. No. <laughs> And oh, and when I'd seen this in work as well, and I can't remember which of us raised it, but we discussed about because I was at that point 42 weeks and declining induction about having the additional monitoring. Yeah. And I said, yes, I would really like that additional monitoring. I was really surprised that wasn't offered on the phone to me earlier. Yeah. And you could just see like she, that kind of look of. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> Yeah. So she was immediately on the phone. She's like, I'm going to get you booked in now. Okay. So she got it all arranged for me to go the next morning. So I went up for my first lot of additional monitoring the next morning. Um, that was my first experience of being on a... Oh, the... ...CTG um, machine. Yeah. yeah. And that was all absolutely fine. Good. Totally happy with baby's <laughs> heart rate. All looking good. And that was the other thing. Yes. So when they booked me for that... I spoke to a midwife up at QA and she said, look, when you come in for the additional monitoring, I think it, would you be happy? I will also book you in for um, a meeting with our consultant midwife. Okay. Because then you can make a plan that's individual to you going forward and we can stop phoning you every day. <laughs> well, yes, please. Yes, I would like to be stopped phoning every day, please. <laughs> So um, went up, had the monitoring and met with the consultant midwife. She was incredibly supportive of my choices. She was really making the point, we support women's, you know, and, and birthing people's choices. We support your choices. We are going to do what you want to happen. We're going to advise you. And what I loved about um, the way that she spoke to me as well, is she gave me the exact statistics for the risks after 42 weeks. Mm -hmm. 
She didn't dress it up. She didn't put her own spin on it. She just gave me the facts and the figures. And it was the first time that I felt like I was spoken to as an adult with a brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was For great. Sure. So we made a plan going forward, but I was going to continue to decline induction up until I think we'd read something. I think it was about um, uh, 42 plus six. And at that point, I was like, I would probably agree at that point. Well, I would have had enough by then. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be getting to that point. No. <laughs> I don't think she did either. And that was all great. And then I came back. I was offered to come in every day for monitoring, but it was all fine the first time. So I was like, you know what? This is actually quite stressful driving up here every day. So I'm yeah. going to come in two days time. Mm-hmm. And when I came in, so or two days later, um, and they did the monitoring they're also picking up uh sort of mild contractions as well okay so i was like okay cool this is things are starting to happen and i was getting to a point where every kind of evening i was having the loveliest days uh just after not seeing my parents for months <laughs> because of the pandemic of course, yeah we were just having the loveliest days just spending time together we were taking gentle walks around the park and then my partner was finishing work and we were just sitting down and like having a cuddle and like just watching Netflix together and just really relaxing and every evening that my partner finished work and we sit down and have a cuddle I'd start to get more contractions and I just thought something is happening and I and that then I really was like I don't need an induction something is happening right my body's yeah. gonna mm-hmm. my body's getting there in its own time Thank you for listening to this first half of episode four of our Birth Stories podcast. The second part of episode four, all about Melissa's birth, is also available now. Thanks for listening to this episode of our Birth Stories podcast. If you'd like to chat about anything that came up in the podcast, or you'd like to share your birth story in a future podcast episode, please get in contact with us either by email, informedpbb at gmail.com, or on social media, where we're at informedpbb on Instagram and Facebook. Everyone's welcome to come and join our Facebook support group and our monthly online meetups. And if you're local to us in South East Hampshire, to come along to our in-person meetups too. Please feel free to get in touch if you're struggling with negative emotions about what happened when you gave birth and we'll be happy to put you in contact with people who can support you. In our groups, we also share and signpost lots of information about all sorts of pregnancy, birth and beyond topics. Check out our blog on the website informedpregnancybirthandbeyond.org for more of that. We hope you enjoyed hearing this birth story as much as we enjoyed recording it. If you did, please leave us a review and share the link with your friends. Thank you. Thank you.